So who is my neighbor? Uh, uh, the second series. See, you you quickly realize how many people at your proximity uh, you don't know their name. You just quickly realize when you turn around, right? Uh, and if you go out of this building, out in the open space, uh, the chances for you to get to know people even diminishes if you don't go to get to know them where we are in this closed place, right? So I wanted to do that exercise for you. We're going to uh, read the scripture from Joshua chapter 9. And we will explain three things today. That who is my neighbor? How can I love my neighbors with three spiritual virtues or practice? One is being honorable, right? Honoring others. The second one is being faithful. And the third one is being merciful. So if you ask me, Pastor Wong, uh, I have heard how can I love my neighbor, love your neighbors many, many years. How should I love my neighbors? In what way can I show love to my neighbors? These are the three things that I will bring up today that you can show love to your neighbor. What's the first one? Be honorable. The second one, be faithful. And the third one, be merciful. And we will learn these principles by studying the life of Joshua and how he did it. Okay? So we have an example. Somebody has already done it. And we, we will see how he did it. Are you excited? Yes, I am. I am excited. Now, the question, who is my neighbor, is not just getting to know the names and the lives of other people. Actually, the question, who is my neighbor, is directly related to the question, who am I? It is not about your neighbor. It is, but it's not so much about your neighbor, what their names are, where they live, what they like, what they don't like. It is more about who you are. Your capacity to love other people, your capacity for compassion, your capacity for generosity and kindness, and including people of all race and colors. That is defining the question, who is my neighbor? It's about whether you can love other people. So you just do a mental checklist. Who are the people in your life? That defines who you are. Your neighbors define who you are. It is understanding of who you are. The people that you keep in your heart is who you are. So who is my neighbor? Then you answer yourself, who am I? Right? Who am I? So, um, I had a powerful week. Can you believe it? I mean, God is amazing. He is real. The God that I preach here is not some thin air. You know, it's not a, he's not a fake God. He's interested in people's life. Many of you came to me after the sermon and said, Pastor, it's very hard to practice hospitality as a way to show love to the neighbors. And sometimes, you don't have to invite a convict to your house like my wife and I had done. I think I set the bar kind of high there so you're worried about. No, don't, no. 
I, I want to explain a little bit here. It's a follow-up from what you have been talking to me, right? So, we had a, one of our church members, we had a game night. We went to their house. There were about 30, 31 of us. The neighbors, the neighbor, his wife had just passed away, and we happened to be there. Uh, and people were coming and going. And our church members, uh, husband and wife, they had been praying with them and talking to them. Even when they came, we said hi. We were sitting at the patio. Um, and they knew that we were eating, sitting by the fireside, fireplace. And they brought their meat over and came and shared. Okay. Uh, this allowed to even have more conversation with our member and talk about how he can help what is going on and praying for them because we have been praying for the neighbor for quite some time now that is how you can love your neighbors right you show your heart your love and compassion and ever willing ever willing and ready if they need help that you will help them and your neighbors know that that's being a good neighbor that's your heart that's your readiness to love other people. One of our member, one of our member passed away uh, this week. So one of our church member went uh, to be with the wife uh, because uh, he had a stroke. And what our member had done is one, she has practiced compassion. She has practiced hospitality by being there, and then she had also prayed. So the three principles that we talked about last week was practiced by one person by showing compassion to the widow, by praying with her, and extending her heart and hospitality by willing to share her life. That is hospitality. My sons mowed the yard of our neighbors. And uh, when we came back home after church service, there was a big spaghetti bowl uh, in front of our door. That is hospitality. Right, So, um, um, you can practice hospitality when you are willing. God, the Holy Spirit will help you to practice hospitality when you are willing. It's about you. It's not about your neighbor. Who is my neighbor? It's about you. That, and, that question has to be answered by you. Are we clear on that? Yes. So this is very important. These principles that I... Last week, I didn't jump up and down. You know why? Because I want that, that three principles to be stuck in your heart and rooted in your heart. Because sometimes, oh, pastor danced that Sunday and you went back with the picture of the dance and not the sermon, right? <laughs> I mean, I don't want that to happen. So these three things is very, very important today. How many of you live, want to live a good, long life? How many of you... You want to have your life be well. Let things go well in your life. How many of you want to multiply the blessings in your life? If you want to do that, this sermon is for you. Right? So when you have heard, I will give you a long life. Um, it doesn't only mean living for many, many years. Okay? The true the tr translation of living a prolonged, long life means it is like being revived from sickness and living a life without much discouragement and disappointment. That is called long life. 
the Hebrew in Hebrew, right? I will give you long life. We always think about, oh, I'll have a long life, live for 100 years with lots of money. Uh, it could be true, but more than that is living a life without disappointment, discouragement, and you're being revived from your sickness. I want that life. I don't want to stew over every day being depressed and anxious and having no peace and contentment in my life. How will that happen? You love your neighbors and it will happen. Okay, the first thing. So the first principle that I want to talk about, see, who is my neighbor? Mark 12, actually. I, if you read from 28 to 34, it ended with mercy. Uh, and be honorable, faithful, and merciful to your neighbors. Right? So three things. Joshua honored his words to the Gibeonites. Who were the Gibeonites? They deceived Joshua. I will tell you the story. They were deceivers. They were not good neighbors. Joshua was faithful to God and the Gibeonites. Even if the Gibeonites deceived Joshua, he was faithful to them. And the last one is Joshua showed mercy to the Gibeonites. Okay? Now, uh, let's read the scripture. Joshua 9 verses 1 to 2. Joshua 9 verses 1 to 2. And let me read it for you here. Now when all the kings west of Jordan heard about these things, those in the hill country, in the western foothills, see as far as Lebanon and the kings of the Hittites, Amorites, Canaanites, Perizzites, Hivites, and the Jebusites, they came together to make war with Joshua in one accord. See? When we have heard the word one accord, we always think about in unity, in pleasant unity. No, here they have come to fight war against Joshua in one accord. How do you love your neighbors that are going to fight and kill you? So when you look at this, one of the things that we see here is that Moses has talked and taught the Israelite, he said, and when you, when you go in Deuteronomy 32, actually, he said, these are the nations that are devoid of the counsel of God. Do you hear me? These are the nations, you're going to face people that are devoid, void of the counsel of God. What is that void? What, is, what are they devoid? What counsel they are devoid of? Love your neighbors. They don't have that. This is like a radical teaching. The world... Teaches fight, grab, kill, possess. And God is teaching a new system of life, new way of life to say, love your neighbors. So when you go into that foreign country, I want you to love your neighbors. Why? These things, this scripture is inherent in the intention of God's creation. Okay? This is very important. You go back to Genesis, and I'm going to tie this with you. How important this is. When you go to Genesis chapter 1, and in verse 28, when he has created everything, God blessed Adam and Eve and said, multiply. Right? Multiply. Can I hear the word multiply? So it's heard probably. Yes, multiply. We are to be fruitful and to multiply. How is this connected to loving our neighbors? This is very important. 
Okay? Because, now, when you read in Deuteronomy chapter 4 and 5 and 6, it says here, if you keep my command. What is that command? If you love your neighbors, there are three promises that are tied with this love your neighbor. What, are, what is the first one? You will live a long life. The second one, that it may be well with you. Things will go well in your life. And the third one, that you will greatly multiply. Do you see that? So the original intention of God creating us in the garden is that we will be fruitful and multiply. What is the application part? How am I going to be fruitful and multiply? And one of the way that God used is that you have to love your neighbors. When you love your neighbors, these things are going to happen. This teaching continued not only in Deuteronomy 4, 5, 6. You go to Ephesians chapter 6, verse 3, right? Honor your mother and father, and you will have a long life that it may be well with you. See, when you go to the, when you, when you read the Ten Commandments in Exodus 20, right? The first part of the commandment is about worshiping God. And in the second part, what does it start with? Relationship. Honor your father and mother. When you honor your father and mother, what is this happening? This is happening. This is about the intra-relationship within people that you know. You love one another first. Begin at home. When you honor your father and mother, you are honoring me. And Peter talks about honor all people. Love brotherhood. What will happen when you do that? When you honor people, when you honor your mom and dad, what happens, my friends? He multiplies greatly the works that you do. Right? This is why this is important. It's not just love your neighbors. Just knowing where they live. Knowing their name. No, it's about you. It's about fulfilling God's promise in your life. And how do you do that? You be honorable. Be Live an honorable life and God will honor you. Yet Proverbs talks about that when you have good counsel of God, when you make peace with God, He will even make peace with your enemies. He will do that. When our ways pleases God, what happens, my friend? When our life pleases God, He will even make peace with our enemies. And what is that way? Love your neighbor as yourself. Right? How did, see, the Hittites, Amorites, they are willing to fight because they didn't have the counsel of God. They haven't been taught how to love their neighbors. God's teaching His people to love the neighbors. The world out there is like this gang of kings and countries. But you can't blame them. For that, because they don't have the counsel of God. The secret and the mysteries of the kingdom of God has been revealed to you and I. Not because we are intelligent, super intellectuals. No, it's because we know Christ and the Spirit of the Lord live within us. Are we getting there? Are we getting there, church? Yes. Oh, so important, so important, right? So, the next words. Uh, Joshua 9 verse 4. 
It says that they worked craftily and went and pretended to be ambassadors. These Gibeonites, Gibeonites, when they heard that Jericho fallen, Canaanite cities are destroyed, they said, okay, Israelites are coming. We got to do something. So what did they do? They disguised themselves as ambassadors. They put on all rag clothes. All their wineskins were old. Their bread were old. Everything was old. And they went as poor people to Joshua and said, Please make covenant with us. We are poor people. Look, we have traveled from far country. Look at our clothes. Look at our wineskin. Uh... And they deceived Joshua, and Joshua entered into covenant with them and made peace with them, right? They were deceived. They were deceived. Um, and uh, in Joshua 9, 14, see, then the men of Israel took some of their provision, and they did not ask the... They did not pray. You think sometimes you will make good neighbors by sharing the bread, taking care of them, going wherever they need. You just do things that comes naturally to you, my friends. In order to build relationship with your neighbor, the first thing that you need to do is you seek the counsel of God and pray that God will help you build relationship with your neighbors. It's absolutely necessary. We cannot build relationships on our own. That's why you're disappointed. That's why you have been sick because of your neighbors. You have been sick at home. Sick emotionally, mentally. Because your neighbors does not reciprocate your affection. Their words have been harsh to you. They threw trash across your fences. They threw clothes across your fences. Right? And you want to love them, not be angry. Well, you seek God's counsel. You pray how to respond to that. They didn't pray. They were deceived. Why? Because we make decisions solely based on external appearances. Isn't that true? We look at it and what is pleasant to our eyes we think is good. That is where we are in this predicament because of Eve. What was pleasant in our eyes led to where we are today. We cannot make decisions based on external appearances. How many of you pray for your neighbors? How many of you pray what you're going to do? Well, one of our members are praying with their neighbors. The other member is also praying. We're going to have a game night this Saturday. We've been inviting our neighbors to come over for the game night and see how loud and crazy our church people are. You know? They scream at the top of their voice and laugh and yell. In my house, I don't know about other house, but my neighbors are good. They haven't complained. So I want to invite them and feed them so they will not complain. (laughs) All right. Now, so... uh, uh, the next one, uh, 
the verse here. So Joshua made peace with them and made covenant with them to let them live. And the rulers of the congregation swore to them. Right? Uh, And 24, your servants were clearly told that the Lord your God commanded his servant Moses to give you all the land and to destroy all the inhabitants of the land from before you. Therefore, we were very much afraid for our lives because of you and have done these things. Joshua called the Gibeonites because three, three days later, they discovered that they were neighbors. The Gibeonites were neighbors. And Joshua is like, oh, wow, you guys deceived us. He called them and said, why did you do these things? This is what is important. Joshua wasn't mad or crazy. But his communication was very clear. Clarity is important, right? He called the name. Why did you do this? The answer, their answer kind of warmed my heart, even though it was done in a bad way. What they did was, they have heard the word of God. They have heard the promises that was given to Moses. And said, I'm going to give you this land. So when we heard the promises of God through Moses and have been passed down, we knew that we were going to be destroyed. So we did this so we can save ourselves. See, this is the salvation story. Do you know the Gibeonites are descendants of Amorites? Who were the Amorites? The descendants of Lot. Who did Ruth come from? The Moabites. Amorites and Moabites, descendants of Lot. Right? So, Joshua was faithful. He did not go back on his word. He kept his word. I made a covenant with you. I cannot break the covenant. See, when you read in uh, Jeremiah 33, verse 20, what does it say? The covenant of God is like the constancy of day and night. Right? So, if I break my covenant, there will not be day and night. It's just an example how impossible it will be for God to break day and night. Because He made day and night. He's saying, I will never break the covenant that I have made. So Joshua knows that word. He made a covenant with them. Say, well, even if they deceived me, I am not going to be, I'm not going to break this covenant. He was faithful to God and faithful to the people. What happens when you are faithful to God? What happens when you live a faithful life? He multiplies. He gives blessings to you. See, He gives you long life. Not only that, when you later on go to Joshua 29, do you know what He did? He allotted land to the Gibeonites. He distributed land when they entered into the promised land. Isn't that amazing? Okay, what else? Do you know who this Gibeonites became? You will find in Ezra 2, Ezra 7. You will find in Nehemiah. These Gibeonites went to exile in Babylon. And when they came back, they were the one that also helped build the wall. In fact, the Gibeonites are the one that worked before the altar of the Lord. And they serve as servants for Israel. And they were incorporated in the house of God. This is the salvation story. How did this happen? Because you love your neighbor. See? When we love our neighbor, the 
The implication is eternal. That's what I want to say. It can take one person to change a person's life that has eternal consequences. And it can shape and change a nation. It may not start off well. But these people came because they have heard the promises of God. That Israelites are going to live a long life. They will greatly multiply. Things that they do are going to be well. And they want to be a part of that. How can the world be a part of that? When we love them. When we love them. Oh yes, hallelujah. And Joshua 9.26 He did to them and delivered them out of the hands of the children of Israel. So they did not kill them. Deuteronomy chapter 7. God commanded Israelites to go and kill and destroy all the nations that were there. Who did they not kill? Gibeonites. Why? Because they entered into the covenant. He honored his word. He was faithful to the covenant. He showed mercy. He showed mercy. And when you read in that Ten Commandments, it says, My mercy, show mercy to others. If not, I will follow even to the third and fourth generation. My wrath will follow you. God said that, right? Why is this mercy greatly important for multiplication? Without the mercy of God, we will not be here. All the blessings that you have is because of the mercies of God. Whether it's offspring, wealth, house, your studies. Isn't it all because of the mercies of God? Right? So Joshua made uh, 27, sorry. Joshua 9, 27. Joshua made them woodcutters and water carriers for the congregation and for the altar of the Lord in the place in the place which he would choose even to this day. They were they became part of the house of Israel. Why? Because one person showed three things. He was honorable, he was faithful, and he was merciful. So if you ask me, Pastor, how do I love my neighbor? Be honorable. Be a man of your word. Be faithful to God. And be merciful to them. Because they do not have the counsel of God. They are void of the counsel of God. You are the one that have the counsel of God. Right? I want to show this. How we have impacted. There is a picture that I want to show here. So this guy... Is they live in our orphanage, and our church members support this guy. Uh, he gave his life to Christ. He got baptized. That's why he's in white. Okay, he just finished an important stage in his education. We call it matriculation in that part of the world. Unless you pass this exam, you can't go into college. So he's going to go into college. He will be one of the first from the children home kind of to go into college. You showed compassion. You showed hospitality. You were generous. And this is impacting where? Not just education, but salvation. He is, he will be in the house of God. His name is written in the book of life. This is how we can impact people's life. You're going to hear, I'm going to ask the worship team to come. 
You're going to have a powerful story next Sunday. It's Father's Day next Sunday. We are teaching kids on generosity and compassion. Your kids are going to take this home. It's a box you can put in the coins. When it's collected, it's going to go to medical care, clean water, education, right? At home, you will get this. But this morning, in my office, my goodness, it was like the presence of God has come and the cloud of the Lord has descended. I was sitting with my God track lesson. By the way, we started a God track every Sunday morning. Um, and we met at uh, 9.30. Actually, you can come at 9.15, right? So this guy said, uh, before I came to church here, I drove my car to take my own life off the cliff, but he didn't die. He was saved, and he's sitting in my office talking about how he needed God. Right? And this other lady, you'll hear her testimony. She was... She's practiced voodoo, witchcraft, animism, and she found the Lord Jesus Christ. I was praying for her at the door when she was going to go to L.A. And as I was praying for her, the Spirit of the Lord told her, No, don't leave this place. This is your church. You stay here. She came in the office, and she's going to get baptized next Sunday. All right? The God that I know is very real. That's what I want to say. He's interested in your daily life. He's actively interested in daily life. Some of you should not be here. But you're here because of the grace of God. I know you shouldn't have been here. You were not supposed to be here. In terms, if we think in terms of the world. But by the grace of God. But by the grace of God. Yes, but by the grace of God. Yes, you are here. You are here. Why? Because somebody. Because somebody. Somebody loved you. Somebody reached out to you. That's the impact of loving your neighbors. It changed history. It changed lives. I cannot wait what God is going to do through our church. Oh, unimaginable things, good things. We are seeing Him move every Sunday, every month. Oh, it's just amazing to be a part of the work of the Holy Spirit of God. Santa Clara First Baptist Church, you are in for a kingdom right, unlimited right, unlimited. No past necessary, right? Just know the Lord Jesus Christ. Allow the Holy Spirit to come in your heart and you are ready for that right. Right. How many of you want to get into that wagon and go up in the air? Go under. Yes, yes, hallelujah. So today, three things. If you're struggling in your life to find meaning and purpose, Come here or at the back. Here, Pastor Jonathan, Pastor Dan will be here. There is one there. Pastor Son is there. Right? Pray with them. If you want to give your life to Christ and start over, come to any one of them. The third one, if you want to join the church, you're looking for a place to serve and you don't know where to start, 
come to us. We will help you. And next Sunday is baptism. So anybody feeling led, say, I, I want to get that. I want to get the gift of God and the power of God. Come and talk to us. Right? So Pastor Jonathan, Pastor Dan, can you guys be ready to minister? And we'll be on our feet. And as we sing, please come. Let's stand together. Father, you are willing. You're willing, Lord. Your glory, amazing, wondrous, handiwork, the, the universe, the earth that we, the air that we breathe, the things, the color that we see. Oh, you are willing to love us. So we are also willing to love, Lord. Help our unbelief. Help our unwillingness. Help us to come and praise and worship you. Spirit of the Lord, as we sing this song, Please come and do your work. We are ready for you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.